Welcome back to What Is It About the Weather? Well, weather is always our theme, but as you know, I'm not going to get a weather forecast here. Doesn't mean we never talk about weather at all, right? But really not our focus. We really like to talk about how it's intertwined into our lives in so many different ways. This week, did you ever want to be a weather person? We'll dive into that question in a bit. But let me just say, I hope you've had an enjoyable and intertwined weather week during the last week since we last communicated together. And I know it's it's seeming a strange winter to me here. For those that follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you may have seen, or even in Facebook some as well, talked about how it's kind of been an odd winter where I'm located. Now, a lot of people in the U.S. often hear about terms like El Nino and La Nina when it comes to winter weather forecasting, at least in a fall time frame, people are saying, well, it's going to be this type of winter, that type of winter. And, and we have different patterns that tend to show up around the planet that can help drive what we would call a seasonal forecast. Now, I can tell you that this winter, it's not been dominated by either one of those patterns we've had. We came off a, a very strong El Nino last year. A lot of people know that. And this year, we have we kind of dipped our toe into the La Nina water, but it's it's generally kind of ironed out and more towards neutral at, at this state. But that doesn't mean it hasn't been an odd winter, right? In some places, yeah, maybe where you are, it's been normal. But I know in Europe, uh, particularly, it's the been a pretty strong winter, at least it was earlier on. And parts of early January saw snow all the way down in southern parts of, of Spain or areas of Spain that generally just don't see that kind of weather. And it's had a real impact on produce that's been available, uh, things like iceberg lettuce or even things like broccoli, etc. I've seen a lot of stories where they've talked about shortages in grocery stores and that sort of thing. So again, you know, kind of an obvious connection you would think, but unusual weather does lead to some unusual outcomes when it when it relates to what we might be able to get our hands on, at least readily, to eat. Now, of course, we live in this day and age where there's a lot more global shipment of, of different types of produce, which, which helps offset that. But in any case, the signs of you only get so many in the grocery store only tend to pop out every so often, and, and clearly that's been a thing in Europe this year. And I know, and you've heard me mention before, I think, this uh, collegiate weather forecasting competition called the Weather Challenge. We're forecasting in Seattle, and even Seattle, even today, I mean, they're going to have an excess of an inch of rain. Now, a lot of people who think of Seattle or have seen Sleepless in Seattle know it is this kind of rainy, misty sort of town, but really they tend not to get a lot of precipitation. They do have a lot of overcast days or, or drizzly or, or light precipitation days, but they've had a, a couple of days. Yesterday was kind of a prelude, you know, not not as much, but today already even in, in the last few hours they've had over an inch of rain. And so yeah, just sort of a, a weird and wacky winter. And you know, we've talked about the polar stuff and unusually warm temperatures at the North Pole and that sort of thing. So hopefully, hopefully it hasn't been too much of an inconvenience wherever you are. And maybe you've experienced some things you don't always experience and got to enjoy them in a way that you never thought you would. So let's dive into our main story. Did you ever want to be a weather person? Did you? Now, what prompted this diving into this. Certainly it's a topic that I would have probably gotten around to at some point, but I saw just the most adorable little video on the internet in the, in the last couple of weeks. This little kid, they're showing him opening a, a present, 
Christmas present, right? And he gets a suit, a little black suit. Now, most people would go, really? A little kid? A suit? Oh, they're thrilled. They, you know, their mind starts going off to all the weird and odd clothing they may have gotten as kids. And no one ever wants to get clothes, right? You want toys. You want stuff like that. You know, it's, and it, we're also in that season, uh, or, you know, kind of past it now, but December is full of uh, ugly, ugly Christmas sweater parties at, at work and those sort of things. But this little kid, he was enamored with his little suit. He loved it. Apparently, he slept in it and just didn't want to take it off. Now, come to find out that this little kid's idol, right, happens to be the local chief meteorologist at the TV station that is, I'm assuming his parents tend to watch. But that meteorologist's name is Jason Smith, and he works at WALA, which is in uh, Mobile, Alabama. For those that aren't familiar with it, it's not too far from me, actually, in the southeastern U.S., one state over, but close to, it's on the coast, right? But it's just, it was a really neat story, and then he got to go in and meet his, this meteorologist as well, but it was really, really cute. So I'll, I will put a link in the show notes, but it was, it's amazing. He's like holding the little remote control, almost like the prompter that weather, weather people hold sometimes when they're doing forecast. And, you know, it made me think, what did you want to be when you were a kid? We all, we all go through that, right? Now, again, this kid has a great little name, Woods McFarland. I mean, how could you, that's, that's like a, a perfect meteorologist name. So maybe he will become one. Or maybe he'll grow out. I mean, we, we, we go through these phases, right? You wanted to be, eh, Google it. A lot of times Googling doesn't lead to the type of results you want to. But, you know, what did you want to be? A lot of times it's people we look up to when we're young. And we see them in different ways. And that could be people that serve us, like policemen or firemen, or maybe a doctor. Or it can be people that you just see a lot of in, you know, whatever media you're consuming or your family is consuming when you're young and so that could be a sports figure of some type you may be a famous athlete or something along those lines so we all have these dreams when we're young and you know I've talked about even when I got back into the first episode about my motivations around weather when I was young and you know, I won't say I didn't want to be a meteorologist but I wouldn't I won't say I didn't have that I, I didn't have that kind of drive and certainly my meteorological career was a a, a late bloomer if you want to call it that so I wouldn't call it one of those fascinated with the weather. Yes. When I was a child, but fascinated to necessarily go into that specific position, maybe not as strongly as certainly a lot of people are. You can read tons of stories and, and I have lots of friends that, you know, that's what they always wanted to do and they've gone and they pursued that route. And I think that's great. But I also find it intriguing when, when you look at a question like this, like, did you want to be a weather person? We, or, you wanted to be X, or I wanted to be Y, whatever it might be. I like looking at these sort of hypothetical questions, because you hear, especially with famous people, you hear stories like, well, I was almost a fill-in-the-blank. You know, I, I wanted to be a nun or a priest if, you know, the church was big to you as a child, or you wanted to, you know, like I said, be a, a policeman or a fireman or a superhero even, right, until you you know, learn that it might be a little more difficult until you define your superpower. Now, if forecasting your superpower, maybe you could be a superhero meteorologist combo. 
But all those things kind of come into play, and it's neat to read some of those stories or hear when people are interviewed and, and you find out that they were almost something else. And, you know, certainly with the Weather Channel's prominence over the last, let's say, 30 years during the, the heyday of cable television, it's probably prompted more people to be that. I know that I have people that I'm connected with on social media that have a strong affinity, and there's been a lot more articles written about being a meteorologist or weather person. And... It's changed a lot, too. So the people getting into the field tend to have a lot more weather background than maybe they did traditionally. But despite all these role models with television and and them being in front of us, that doesn't mean that, you know, having the weather bug necessarily means you want to become a meteorologist. There's, there's other people and other ways to explore that that maybe it's not so formal, but maybe it's like being a casual meteorologist. Now, you've heard me talk about social media and that sort of thing. And we're still going to do an episode on that. I don't know if that's going to be quite as favorable, but there there are groups, for instance, here in the U.S., and I'm guessing there's some in, in other countries as well. The one here is called Skywarn that has a training aspect to it that's involved with the National Weather Service where people that have an, a weather enthusiastic binge or tilt or whatever you want to call it, have an opportunity to learn, truly learn more about meteorology and what they're seeing and and be able to spot certain, hence the name, certain weather behaviors going on so they can assist, actually. You know, they can be eyes on the ground and learn enough that they can convey some important information. Now, they may not be as steeped as other people that get into the field, but it's kind of a way to pursue that without getting all the way there to becoming a truly a meteorologist or certainly by by degree a meteorologist now since you know people tend to walk away from going down that path and, and i hear it all the time has to do with the math and the science that are involved people are always surprised i guess a lot of times they they think of the weather and what's going on and don't necessarily initially make that step of how complicated it is to really get into a degree related to that field. And I'll, I will put a nice article in. Um, Dennis Messereau, who, who you've heard me mention before, uh, who used to write for a website called The Vein. It's not, I don't think it's active anymore. I do think it got kind of swallowed up by another organization and is, is not active. But he wrote a really nice piece about becoming a meteorologist and the, the challenges even he had with the calculus, which really is a barrier for a great many people. And, you know, it was one of those things that gave me nightmares um, and still can from time to time when math formulas pop in my head. Because, again, while I may have had some aptitude in that area, it didn't flow naturally. However, his point in all this is, is if you really want to be a meteorologist, right, if that's really what your goal is, you're going to figure out a way to get there. And even if you find the math and science difficult, that doesn't mean you can't learn it well enough to get there, right? So pursue it. Go after it if that's really what you want to do. But in this episode, we're going to talk maybe about some people who maybe you're a little more surprised to hear about and in their little connection to did they really want to be a meteorologist now one of the things is when you think about meteorology as a science it's it's relatively young so we don't go back in time as far and talk about you know want to be meteorologist certainly i've mentioned aristotle before and some other people that have talked about it and it wouldn't surprise you to hear names like celsius and fahrenheit 
or you know different things like that associated with meteorology given that you know those are some of the scales that we use and those were real people right and you've heard me mention Benjamin Franklin but even Thomas Jefferson so founding fathers in the US had this interest in meteorology but it you know it's grown into other people as well the Eiffel Tower person Eiffel was a wannabe meteorologist in some ways actually he did that more in his later career well, there's other people, too, whether it's, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas, Arthur C. Clarke, famous author. I even read a story about a lady who had been a broadcast meteorologist for 20 years and actually was going to do something else, was going into nursing, which was uh, also a passion of hers. So you can go the other route, too, right? I think the the famous one that, that caught my eye more than anything else was Michael Jordan, who has mentioned that, you know, his schoolwork was in geography, and, and a lot of schools, geography and meteorology are connected, and there there is a real connection, and, and people use that as kind of a phase or a stepping stone to go into meteorology, okay, maybe if they don't go full board into a, a school that's, you know, where you jump right into the meteorology aspect, a lot of people make that step, so... One again, once again, caught my eye and you know made my ears perk up. And then, of course, you've got these. Do they really want to be Mets? Okay, or you know, were they just doing kind of a cute moment on TV? Because I, I think a lot of people look at you know meteorologists and hear about green screens and those other things and think, oh, it'd be cool to just do at least one weather forecast. And certainly, some notable people have fallen into that category, right? Katy Perry. Tom Hanks, Mark Wahlberg, Gerard Butler, all, all of these, even Prince Charles has gone on and done an on-air segment of meteorology. So, you know, there's a lot of people that kind of dabble their toe in just a very little, little step. Now, how interested those people were in being meteorologists versus just kind of doing a fun one-time flip on the air, I, I, you know, I didn't find any information that suggested any of them was steeped in wanting to be a meteorologist or a weather person. <laughs> Right. But there are also other people that when you look at it, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to see that they they maybe got their start in being a weather person and have gone on to do other things. So, you know, like I said, there was this this lady that I mentioned who had gone back and become a nurse. And I think that's great. And then there's other people that have used it. And, and not surprisingly, when you think about broadcast meteorologists, there are people that use it as a first step. So some people migrate towards that or have over time and get into that field, um, like my friend uh, Chris Holcomb here in, in Atlanta, who, you know, went to school in journalism, wasn't necessarily in that area, but has gone to become a chief meteorologist for one of the weather stations here at WXIA. But there's other people, maybe, that are a little more well-known to the broader audience here, and some of these names may or may not surprise you. David Letterman did some weather person work. Raquel Welch, Gilda Radner, Diane Sawyer, Mark Haugenberger. So, you know, actresses, people that have gone on and, and stayed in journalism and other areas, people that have hosted late night shows, right? A lot of different things, rec- rec- you know, the, ugh, can't get the words out of my mouth today. A lot of different areas that we would see, and, and not, again, not surprising or recognized here in this little subset, right? There was one or two that caught my eye. It was a little different. Pat Sajak. You know, uh, Wheel of Fortune fame, I, I I had no idea, and he had done it before. And again, you, you run across these names from time to time. But even somebody like Iger, who is the CEO of, of Disney, right? Who would have thought it? So maybe he's a Jedi weather person somewhere in there. 
any case, it's it's always interesting when we look at these different things and see these different people, right? And asking ourselves these questions like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Did you want to be a weather person? Now, as we've talked about here, there's a variety of ways that you can fulfill that outlet. If you really want to be a weather person, you certainly can, right? There's lots of good schools with places to get degrees and do that. And it doesn't even have to, and that's the other thing I think people lose sight of is a lot of people who have this interest in weather don't necessarily see themselves on TV and really go more into the scientific or the research or the product-oriented avenues, which are becoming more and more common in the field of meteorology. But some of them really have this kind of tinge. And again, I I have friends and meet new people all the time that really want to be on air or want to be communicating that weather forecast to you. It's never been my primary thing. I'm not saying I couldn't do it. Just has it been my primary goal in, in how I've pursued my weather career. So am I a weather weather person? In some ways, yes. I issue forecast and have for many years on different topics ranging from tropical cyclones to, you know, seasonal outlooks that we talked about at the, at the beginning of the podcast. And so forecasting, yes. And, and, and again, a lot of people issue forecast every day that have nothing to do with being an on-air meteorologist. But, you know, you don't always see those people. So for this little kid, right, for this little kid to find this connection, I hope someday he's able, whether he's an on-air famous Woods McFarlane bringing it to you live on WWW here in the big city, or or if he turns out to be somebody that discovers something great and fascinating that we never understood about weather that helps improve our ability to forecast it and understand it, either way is great, even if he just goes about liking the weather. That's fine, too. So whatever it is, whatever it is, if you've ever, that question's ever popped in your mind, I always thought I'd like to be a weather person. There's many ways to pursue that outlet. So take advantage of them. Some of them will be in the show notes. Pop me a note. I can always put you in touch with people at you know, a local weather forecasting office or something like that if you want to learn more about it. So enjoy. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the way it's intertwined with you. And like I said, it's not just about the forecasting. It's about understanding all the ways it touches our lives every day that you can get involved in if you really want to go into that realm. And it's never too late and it's never too early to start. Okay, interesting tidbit. So, you know, I, I, I was working on a new clouds episode, and actually by the time this is posted, it'll probably be up, related to cirrus clouds. And it struck me, you know, I, I often wonder, I went through a period, and I, I've mentioned the podcast here in, the, in Atlanta where we had quite a few days with very minimal clouds. And, I, you know, common question, which is, what por- portion of the earth seeds clouds on any given day? And, you know, never really thought about what the percentage might be. And estimates had been somewhere in the 50-70% range. But some new work by NASA estimates that it's much closer to that 70%, which kind of surprised me. I mean, I think of a lot of areas as not having clouds. But apparently more of the Earth sees at least some bits of clouds in each and every day. So take that, lock it up into your I-did-not-know-that category, and now you do sort of thing. Okay, well... I getting time to reach the end of another episode here so let's do some wrap items and let you get on your way first off 
you know, I always like to touch base on some of the episodes that are coming soon when I know what they're going to be. So we're going to be touching on mobile phones. And I think I may have mentioned this before, a little bit about how mobile phones could be a, or mobile devices in general, a big part of forecasting weather in the future, the social media thing. And I had one of these interesting moments where I was typing in an episode name on a mobile device because, you know, I, I like to plan these out at least a few weeks in advance when I can. And I was reviewing those that list of names today, and it, it said weather and the shutter disaster. Now, that was an autocorrected thing, and it took me a moment to realize what it was. But if you can figure it out, then you know what one of the future episodes is, because we're going to do a did weather change history towards the end of the month. And that is going to be what we're going to talk about, the shutter disaster or the autocorrected shutter disaster. Any case, all right, let's get on to the basics about how to get in touch you know, you know the different ways, hopefully by now. You can certainly send us an email at whatisitabouttheweather at gmail.com or, or use the web form at whatisitabouttheweather.com slash contact. And as always, I just want to take a moment to you know thank people for their ongoing support. And I, I'm not sure if I mentioned last time that th- Welcome Jackie is a, is a new Patreon supporter of the podcast. I may have mentioned her last time. Don't know for sure. In any case. And she gets a second mention. So thank you for that. But if you're interested, and, and there are a variety of ways, whether you're helping us out financially so that we can cover the cost of, of producing and hosting and all those things on the on the podcast, that's great. But there's also other ways, of course. The RSVP method, you've heard me mention it before, rate, share, validate, and pledge. So whether you're going in iTunes and giving us some stars and, and writing a review about the podcast, whether you're sharing what the podcast is with some other people that you know, hey, that might want to be a weather person, right? Or validating, giving us that feedback, giving us shows, show ideas, whatever it might be. And, of course, with your pledges of support, whether it's via Patreon or PayPal, both methods are, are certainly available and appreciated. All that information is at whatisitabouttheweather.com slash support. So until next time, until next time, may you have interesting, enjoyable And of course, intertwined weather, because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on patreon.com slash weather. This is a two-word super production.